episode 116, Hiring a Virtual Assistant. Don't panic management. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we are Jess Ostroff Tyson's perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Thanks for tuning in again. Today's show, as usual, I think is a good one. One thing that I'm curious about but don't know much about was the virtual assistants, especially doing something in America versus using somebody overseas. So we'll obviously talk about like you know, why you would use one versus the other. Her hiring process, you know, what happens if you have someone for a while and then they quit? Oh, man, now what do you do? We talk about that. What would you use them for? Everything from podcast editing to maybe creating an actual event for people to come to your office, like an open house. We talk about the Pomodoro time management method. Again, things that they can do, say, for video production and distribution, especially if you're like, I'm not doing all of that. Virtual assistants can help. And a congratulation is in order. She just got married and now she's pregnant. So congratulations on both of those. Now, look, if you didn't know, you can get the top 11, if you will, episodes of 2018 by visiting a doctorsperspective.net slash top 2018. If you liked the top of 2017, which is more like 13 episodes because they had some ties, that's top 10 of 2017. The numbers are actually numbers. And just wanted to highlight, we had a, a doctorsperspective.net slash acupuncture series. It was a six-week series we did last year. And then holidays 17, that was a African-American doctor series that we did in the Thanksgiving Christmas time of 2017. Those are just certain pages I've had where you can get quick access to all of them. Of course, we had a marketing series around uh, 68, 69, 70, like a lot of video marketing type of stuff. Just wanted to bring those to your attention. P.S. We have got a podiatry series starting episode 119 should last between four and six weeks, uh, locking down those last couple ones. Lastly, if you're into instrument assisted myofascial work, you can go to .net slash edge or hawk grips. Both of those will send you directly to where you need to go. As always, all the affiliate products that I recommend are on .net slash resources. All right, that's enough plugs for one episode. All the notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 116. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Connecticut today. It's a topic we haven't covered yet on the podcast, but it's extremely important because we just can't do it all. And this company, I love their little uh, tagline, proactive neighborly assistants who turn chaos into contentment, frustration into focus, and panic into productivity. We've got the CEO of Don't Panic Management Virtual Assistance, Jess Ostroff Tyson. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Hey, did you do Story Brand with Donald Miller for that? No, that's really funny you say that because we actually, that's a big initiative for us this year is to kind of update our messaging a little bit and our website and story brand was what was recommended to us <laughs> to do that. So uh, I'm glad you say that because I know that, uh, I know we still have work to do, but uh, we're, we're trying to be unique. We're trying to, you know, put a message out there that people understand, but, um, and that, that was definitely something that was recommended. So uh, we're going to do uh, it soon cool. and maybe we'll change things and maybe we won't. <laughs> Y'all going to go to the weekend seminar probably? I was just going to go through, you know, the book and the worksheets to start. Uh, but yeah, we might, yeah. we might do that. We have our, our business coaches in Nashville. Um, and I think he might be in Nashville. 
I'm not sure. He is. Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's how they know each other and they recommend each other and things like that. So it's, it's a small world. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, we, I'll stop with the story. <laughs> it's something that I've been looking into. And it's kind of funny. I was like the way you had your website set up. Cause it's very, um, I don't know if tongue in cheek is the right way, but there's some humor yes. in the way y'all answer the questions and things like that. So I think that resonates with me. Not everybody likes that, right. I'm sure, but exactly. it gives you more personality. I like it. Big topics we want to talk about today. Why in the world, how in the world can a doctor use a virtual assistant? And then, of course, why hire local versus the Philippines or Indonesia? You know, those types of questions. I'm sure you've answered a million times. But for us, it's kind of a new thing. We got, you need to be social media. You need to do here and here and here. And then you also need to do this. And you're like, well, I'm also a doctor. So what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do all of that? Um, But give us a little background first on like how you got into this. And then we'll just answer some of those questions. Sure. That? Sounds great. Yeah. So I um, I have a degree in marketing and international business. I, I joke about when people said, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? I always just wanted to make money and travel. I didn't know how I was going to do that. But <laughs> I, I figured that, um, you know, I never really had like a a big passion for anything. Like, you know, some people know that they're going to be a doctor or know that they're going to be a chef or a lawyer or anything like that. And I just, I didn't really feel that way. I just knew I wanted to live a certain lifestyle. And that, um, that feeling is what drove me toward starting my own business. You know, I did the, a few years of, working in corporate, you know, having a marketing job. I also worked in nonprofits, which I liked the nonprofit side of things because I felt like I was actually helping people. But I also felt like there was so much red tape. It was really hard for me to get things done. Uh, You know, I was always very productive and very proactive with work. But in the nonprofit field, I I had to go through all these steps and I just couldn't understand it. And I got really frustrated. So I started looking into other things. Um, and while, while I was actually at my last, my very last job, um, I started freelancing as a virtual assistant on the side, mainly because one of my former bosses had gone out to start his own business and was asking for a virtual. So he just posted something on Twitter and said, does anyone know of a good virtual assistant? And I was like, well, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure I could do it. (laughs) And it was, you know, because he knew me already and trusted me. um, You know, he was in Arizona at the time. I was in California at the time. And so it was virtual, but we weren't that far apart. You know, if we did need to meet each other, uh, we could. And that was kind of a nice, um, a nice thing to build the trust and the, the relationship. And so I started doing that as a freelancer on the side of my, uh, my sort of marketing corporate job, quote unquote. And soon I realized that I was doing productive work. I had to be productive because I only had a certain number of hours. It wasn't like you put your butt in the seat at 830, you know, and you get up at 12 for lunch and then you get up at 530 when you, you know, it wasn't so regimented. And for me, that system worked and I could see that it would help me develop this lifestyle that I always wanted, where, okay, these are the tasks, this is what I have to get done, I'm just going to do them on my own time, and then live my life. And so I got really excited about the prospect of doing more of this work. And luckily, this client that I had, you know, originally, I was only working with him for 10 hours a week. But he had plenty of other friends who were consultants, and marketers and authors and speakers and people like that, 
who were starting their own businesses and also needed this support. So this is 2009, 2010. And in America, you know, the we had the big crisis of 2008. And people were sort of <laughs> rising from the ashes at this time. So I do think mm-hmm. I do think the timing worked out for me um, in terms of people having a need at that time and me being available to fulfill that need. Uh, but but I but I still had a job until I had enough hours, you know, freelance to quit my job. Basically, I didn't want to go crazy off the deep end too soon. I wanted to make sure that I could pay my bills and everything like that. So by a couple, it really only took me a few months, I think it maybe took three months or so for me to get enough work. And you know, I was very young, I didn't have a lot of bills or debt or I mean, I had I had student loans. But other than that, I just you know, I had a low rent, not everybody could probably do that. (laughs) But you know, depending on their life stage, I wasn't married, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was grateful that I I had the work ethic and I had the drive to build up enough client work and enough hours to to pay for the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And ultimately, that's why I started doing it. Now, Almost 10 years later, that sort of purpose of helping people has really grown because now my company not only helps the clients that we're working with, but we also help other people that want to be virtual assistants. And these people are parents. Um, They have hobbies, you know, or they or they maybe have their own nonprofits that they're doing on the side. And I, you know, I feel like my company is helping them live a life that they love. And so ultimately, that's why I do this and why um, I think I've been successful because that purpose sort of draws the line beneath everything that I've done to grow the business. This is what I'm just curious about because if I have one thing I need to do and I really got to get it done, I can just get it done. And I feel so productive. And it's like, wow, that's the best 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but if you have like a list of this guy needs 10 hours of work and this I got six other clients and now I work 40 hours a week. It's hard to, again, stay so focused mm-hmm. because these guys are probably like, hey, I pay you by the hour and it's not like pennies. It's a good fee. Right. And you got these deadlines you have to hit when you you have to just all of a sudden say, OK, now I'm still working 10 hours a day, but it's on my own right. terms. Right. Um, and I think I saw something on your blog about the Pomoda method. Pomodoro. Yeah. Yeah. Th- is that something that everybody has to do in your company? Is it something you just learned? Because I kind of actually do that myself mm-hmm. and I love it. So we don't, most of our team is also freelancers. So 1099 contractors. We So that means for us legally, at least in America and United States, we can't force them to do work in a certain way or at a certain time. What we can do okay. is say, this is the project and this is the deadline. And that and and we do that on purpose because <laughs> I have a problem with um, you know superiors. I like to do things on my own. Ter- I learned that you know after having jobs and being like, why is this boss telling me to do this a certain way? I could do it a better way, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm always trying to find the most efficient way to get things done. And we so we so we look for people who take that initiative and they say to us. I know how I best work. Maybe it's in the middle of the night on my porch with, you know, a cup of tea, or maybe it's, you know, early in the morning at my desk. You know, we don't care how or when they work as long as they get the work done. What we do do though, and this is the benefit of it, of my company being an agency as opposed to freelancers out there by themselves is we provide those kinds of resources. So we say, you know, if you haven't found a good productivity technique, Try the Pomodoro method. 
try working 25 minutes, take a five minute break, you know, do that four times and then take a longer break. We, we provide those kind of resources. We don't require it. Okay. And that's something too, that just in general, you know, because I have a marketing background, I guess, you know, I've always done, I've always been blogging. I've always been speaking and writing and it's sort of an inbound marketing technique that we just do because I think it's important. Um, not only for search, you know, SEO, but for building our thought leadership as a company. And for our clients, I think they like to see that. They like to see that that we're that we are providing those resources to our team because they don't want to feel like, well, I'm just hiring this one person who only has these skills. They're actually they're hiring our whole team because we all collaborate. Right. We all work together. Yeah, who is the, who are these people? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that was a sidebar. Just was curious. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into it, though. We're doctors, we're chiropractors, physical therapy, eye doctors, podiatry. You got the the pre-memo on that. (laughs) I've got a list of things you can do. Podcasting, editing blogs, content curation. We'll figure out what that actually means. Bookkeeping, travel plans, scheduling yourself for meetings, research, event planning. Good gracious. That's a lot of different (laughs) things that you can do. I already have like some ideas uh, if you don't cover them for like doctors, but Mm What would you think that we would need to hire your company for? Well, we do have a few clients who are in the medical field um, and, you know, different parts of things. We And it really does vary because some doctors and, and medical professionals we find they really like to do a certain aspect of it. Like maybe it's the report writing. They really like to do that, but they don't like doing the scheduling or they don't like gathering the information. You know, that would be the research part. So are like making the pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anything. So, so we what we try to okay. do is talk to talk to the client, talk through what they truly love to do, why you know, kind of get to the root of where their passion and purpose lies, and then we help them delegate or automate all the other things because we believe that you should only be doing what you're uniquely qualified to do. Now, of course, with a doctor, it's pretty clear. You know, you have your 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 degree in a certain field. And obviously, you know, like you were saying before, that's that's maybe the bulk of your work. But then there's all these other things that you have to do to run the business side of it. And we're saying you don't have to do any of that, theoretically. Um, But maybe there are things that you enjoy doing that you don't want to give up. And that's fine, too. We want to keep you doing the things that you love and the things that you're uniquely qualified to do and getting rid of everything else. So that could be, um, you know, a lot of things like a lot of our are more you know, physical therapy type therapist doctors like to like the interaction with the patients. They like to be with them and talking to them. They don't want to do the administrative side of that, you mm-hmm. know, the paperwork and the scheduling and that. So that's um, that's what we do a lot of times for them. But then on the other side, if there are if they're working on their thought leadership and they want blog content, for example, or they have a podcast and they need help producing that, we can take, you know, some of the technical side of those things off their plate. A lot of not just doctors, all kinds of people want to have a podcast, right. for example, and have no idea how it all works. They're like, I know it shows up in my iTunes, but I don't know what that is. And so, you know, we can do the whole process of um, setting it up. Uh, producing each episode, writing show notes about the episodes and publishing them so that all you have to do really is be the talent. And, um, you know, we try to think about it like you should be doing the high ticket items, the things that bring in the most money. And then 
delegate the rest, the, you know, the admin, the bookkeeping, you know, sending invoices. I don't know how many doctors send their own invoices. Maybe they already have accountants and bookkeepers that do that. But, right. you know, that sort of behind the scenes work that the the client or the customer may never notice or see, you know, you, you can still be the face of the business and you're still the doctor, but getting the, the work done that is important <laughs> to make the business right. run, but it doesn't need to be done by you. When these days they're all talking about, you know, you really need to be doing video and then you need to optimize it for Facebook and you also should post it on YouTube mm-hmm. and Vimeo and all these mm-hmm. other places. So if you're like, yeah, I love the video part and I'm willing to do a video, upload it to P Cloud or Dropbox. Right. And then you guys yeah. can put the bars, the graphs, the uploading, the SEO. Yep. You can do all that other stuff. And then all I got to do is, uh, and then you can post it on social media yep. for me. And literally, I'm just on to the next video yes. the next day yes. and repeat. Right. Because we can't be the person on the screen, right? You're the expert. You're right. the one that's talking about your, you know, your take on on a certain topic. But we, yeah, we can do the video editing. Basically, anything that happens after the video is recorded, we can do post-production. We can order transcripts, you know, if you want to have it as, you know, have subtitles on the video, you know, like you said, social media content, posting on different sites, posting it to your website, all that technical stuff. And then, yeah, because we found a lot of a lot of what holds people back from creating that content is that, you know, it's like they have something to say, but they're worried. Well, okay. I shot a video. Now I have no idea what the heck to do with this. So we can kind of take that part away from your (laughs) brain worrying about it and and just get it done for you. For instance, I have this podcast that we're recording live right Mm -hmm. now and I do a lot. I'll do all the stuff that you're talking about. Not a, I enjoy it and B I have the time. Mm -hmm. So boom. But there's going to be a point where I'm like, okay, I just need to actually farm this mm-hmm. out. And uh, my dad and my parents are actually here in China with me for another couple of days. And he was like, are you working on that podcast? I was like, yeah. And he's like, let, let me see what you're doing. I'm like, okay. And so I'm showing him like, this is how you edit it. And this is how you do this. And then there's the picture. And then here's how you do it with the picture. Right. And then I got to go on the bot, on the website and write up the show notes. And then like, uh, then he's like, yeah, uh-huh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> and my wife's kind of the same way. She's like, if I had to go through that much work, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. That's, I think, how a lot That's of people lot feel. Of like, people. I don't have time. I don't want to do right, all that. Right. That's true. That's true. And we don't, we don't want, we want, to, like I said, I mean, this goes back to sort of my purpose. Like, I want all of my clients to feel comfortable putting themselves out there and becoming leaders in their industries. And it shouldn't be the admin and the technical and the marketing side that holds them back. If anything, you know, it should be that. They don't have anything to say, in which case they shouldn't be doing it anyway. But if you have something to say, you should do it. And you shouldn't let those other things get in your way. All right. Here's my idea. We want to have an open house. Maybe you've been in business for the first year, grand opening. You've been in business for 10 years. I want to plan an event. My staff is like, I'm not doing it again because last year you almost fired me (laughs) or I almost quit. It was just horrible. You know, something like that. Like, I just just can't do it again. Can you guys do A to Z, finding vendors, getting people to do discounts and uh, printing up flyers even from where you're at to where we are locally? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only we've, we've done everything from A to Z. We've also come to clients events, you know, if they if they want, if they want someone to be sort of the name checker offer or, you know, gathering people's info Mm. or welcoming people. Usually, you know, that's something it takes, it definitely takes a certain kind of person. A lot of our assistants we find are more introverted and like to be behind the scenes, but we definitely have tons of people who like to, to like to be 
chatting, you know, with, with people all the time. So we, you know, from my perspective, I definitely would assign somebody in that case who is more extroverted, you know, wants to be out there. But a lot of, we do find a lot of our, our assistants come to us from a marketing and PR background. So they have really strong communication skills. They have negotiation skills. They have some sales skills and they can do that kind of stuff. The biggest thing that we need to understand from you is things like, what is your vision? What is your goal from this event? What kind of vibe are you looking for? What's your budget? Of course, you know, what, how many, how much money can we spend on, on booze or appetizers or whatever it's going to be? Uh, those kinds of things we need to be really clear on. Of course, we understand that they can change, but the other thing that assistants are really good at is creating timelines and managing projects. And, you know, sometimes people don't realize how much goes into planning an event, even if it's just a smaller yeah. open house or something. So we we create timelines and make sure that it's not too stressful. I've definitely been in situations where I've been brought in almost too late. You know, like the the client yeah. is like, oh, my gosh, I can't get this done. I'm panicking. <laughs> this this event is coming right up and, da, da, da. and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, if you just if you just worked on this a few months earlier, you wouldn't be feeling this way. I mean, events are always stressful at, when they're happening, yeah. but they don't have to be that stressful. Uh, so bringing somebody in to help from the beginning, you know, months, if not a year in advance can really help smooth that out and and coming up with backup plans. You know, what if what if a vendor can't show up or, you know, a sponsor can't show it up? It rains. Yeah, every. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I just got married last summer and my wedding I had a day of wedding coordinator and she was just like okay we we have you know this is the plan if it stops raining for a little bit if this is the plan if it stays right you know she had all these all these different contingents for the rain you know and that's what you have to be thinking about if you're planning stuff you have to have plan b and plan c and you have to be ready to to act on those if someone was looking to do an event and they're like, look, I can do a lot of the stuff, but I need a timeline. Mm -hmm. I need someone who's done this before. Mm -hmm. Is that like a project that y'all could do or possibly even say, hey, I want all these people called and I don't have anybody else to do it. Like, I guess you could hire some from, someone from high school <laughs> to make a bunch of calls because <laughs> right. that's kind of menial. Just like, right. But you can kind of piecemeal what you need from you guys, especially if you're like, like you said, I have a vision. These are the things that need to get done. This is meant to be a new patient generator mm -hmm. and you know, that's our goal. We want to sign up new people. And then this is the part that we're not sure about. We mm -hmm. can just call a ver you know, your company and they can talk you through like, okay, this is what we've done in the past mm -hmm. for other people. And it's really worked well for your issue. Yeah. I mean, every, we haven't done a specific, specifically in, for my experience, I haven't done an event specifically for like an open house for a chiropractor. I've never done that. Right. Um, but I've done lots of other events for lots of other industries, you know, big and small. And pretty the much process, the same, right. The process is pretty much the same. Yeah. It's just a different vendors, different things to consider, different, you know, different budgets and things like that. But, but setting up the timeline is just so important. And just having, if you're not going to be the one to hold people accountable, which you may not want to be because you're busy thinking about everything, having that assistant be the lead on on the project management side and and make sure that assistant feels empowered to say to somebody, you know, hey, we need this done. You're late. <laughs> like, what what can we mm -hmm. do to get this done? Um, and having everybody involved know that, okay, when Jess says that you got to do something, you got to do something. Like, don't wait for me to 
to nag you <laughs> about it. Jess is the project yeah. manager. She's the one that's making sure this gets done. And ultimately it's on her if it doesn't. So, you know, communicating what the hierarchy is in those events is, is really important. So somebody might say there's these companies that are, um, you know, not Fiverr, but there's big names mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. We won't mention them here. <laughs> Why would we stay in-house? I mean, in the United States versus maybe, I mean, your tr- prices are transparent, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. There's not like guessing per se. Mm-hmm. Vietnam, mm-hmm. Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like just a couple hundred bucks for a month. Right, so right. Why, why not just use them? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on what you need. You know, if you need stuff that's really turnkey and you're not that concerned about privacy or about the money, you know, because those I mean, I've heard this not just for Filipino and, and, you know, I've heard this about assistance all over the world. So it's not specific international, but they they can disappear sometimes. Um, So you might Mm. spend money, you know, you might pay up front and then never hear from them again. That's a risk that you take, you know, whether you are hiring local or not. But but it's a little bit less of a risk if the person is closer to you or if you're using Mm. an agency. Like for me, that couldn't happen because I'm. I'm watching everybody. <laughs> and, and if someone disappeared, I'd have another person to step in. And so, you know, so that's the type of work that you're looking for and and how much you're worried about the money disappearing, I think, are things to consider. Grammar. Grammar. <laughs> well, right. If you're writing stuff and their English isn't quite on par. Yeah, if they're just doing like number crunching or, you know, doing data entry or things that maybe your clients are never going to see. Um yeah, like I wouldn't personally use somebody where English wasn't their first language if they were communicating with clients, because I would because communication is so important to me. Um, yeah. But but that might not be important to you. So I always say um, there are three things that you should be looking for when you're hiring somebody: the quality, you know, the timeliness, how fast or how slow they get things done, and the price. But usually, you can only pick two. So, you know, you can say you want it fast and you and you want it done well. Well, then it's going to cost a little more money if you want it done cheap and you want it done well, then, you know, you might not get it as quickly. You might have to be flexible with your timing. You just have to consider what the most important things are to you and then you know, hire accordingly. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with hiring overseas. It's just you know, another thing to consider. And you might have to be a little more hands-on. Yeah, the timely part is important. You said the price, because you can justify price. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to win on something else. We Mm -hmm. all know that. Mm -hmm. It's race race to the bottom. So I agree with, I like what you're saying there is, is, is more than just price, the quality of the work. Is it insulting for a new client to say, hey, can I see some past work so I can see like what I can get from? No, I, we have, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to present, like if you're asking someone to do admin work, it's hard to give an example of mm. that. But um, but things like writing, uh, video editing, podcast production, we get asked that all the time. I would like for you to do a fo- top five of headaches, <laughs> top five headache cures right. that doesn't require pills. Like yeah. you might be able to have to find some research for that. Yeah. You'd have to figure all of that, write it up. So if someone ever asks for something like that, you'd be like, well, we didn't do that, but we did five exercises to cure back pain for this physical therapist last week. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we, we do that all the time, especially with writing. Um, one thing that we do actually is we'll say, you know, if you don't know, if you're not sure, and let's say we have three writers who have availability, we might do a test where 
they either are given three different topics or they're all given one topic. And then the client can look at the test project and decide which writer they want to go with. They w- It'll be a blind test. So they won't know who oh. the writer is. Um, but that way, because everyone, you know, everyone has a different tone of voice and everyone has a different way they like structuring things. So, so that's always an option. Usually we, we don't do that for free. You know, you pay for the, the test project, you pay like some kind of fee for, for the, um, the blog post. But, but a lot of times you can use them. That's why I say, you know, maybe do three different topics because then all of a sudden you have three blogs done. (laughs) <laughs> you know, from three different yeah, writers, yeah, yeah. you, pay for it anyway. you might have to edit them a little bit, you know, if there are two that you don't like as much as the other one. But um, not only do you have three blog posts done, but then you've you've got a writer that you like. So it's it's definitely it's a win win for everyone, I think, to to ask for tests or ask for examples. Um, just know that you might have to, to pay for a test project. We do that too. all of our assistants before they uh, come on board. We do a couple rounds of interviews. You know, we have a really long application. So if they don't get through the application, we know they're not serious. You know, we did that on purpose. And then they have to do a test project for us. And the test project that they do depends on what they're applying for. So if they want to be a writer, we do a writing project for them. If they want to be a podcast producer, we have a podcast production test. If they want to be an admin person, they have to put together an itinerary and do some research for us. And we pay for those. Um, You know, we tell them it's a flat fee. This is how much you get. Um, The test project is due one week from today and go forth and hopefully do a great job. And you know, we have a rubric for for grading the test projects, you know, it includes things like did they get it done on time? Uh, did they ask questions? Were they clear? Were they thorough? Does it have any typos? You know, all those kinds of things. It's a scale of zero to three for each thing. And then um, and then we divide the total by the number of questions in the rubric. And obviously, so a three out of three would be a perfect score. Uh, most people are most people we have they have to get at least a 2.5 to pass. No, that's pretty good. Um, and if we're not wowed by, you know, if they got, if they did a really good job on one thing, but really bombed <laughs> the other thing, then uh, we'll talk to them and say, you know, we think you can do admin, but we don't think you can do social media, for example, or we think you can do podcasting, but we don't think you can do admin. So it's really interesting. Actually, we're going through this right now because we've been growing so much. Um, we're doing a lot of interviews and a lot of test projects. And people can have these great resumes and these great interview skills. And then when it comes to actually doing the work, it's really disappointing. They can't do what no. they say they can do. So I think, especially if you're working with a freelancer who is not part of an agency, you know, it's just somebody that you found, test them or at least ask for past work products and and refer or, you know, recommendations, yeah. because you just never know. People can say a lot of things <laughs> and and not necessarily be, be honest about what they can do. I could tell you, I, I went through uh, a Fiverr a few times and I actually, I really like the service. They do a good job mm-hmm. for just like basic some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had an internet guy. I was like, hey, I need you to build me this uh, like sales page. And I had it laid out like a wireframe and the words. I was like, literally, I just need you to build it and look pretty. Mm-hmm. And it was delay after delay. And I ended up just being like, look, I'm not going to, I just, I need you to just quit. I need you to end this project because you're, you suck <laughs> and you're not delivering. And it always breaks. Yeah. And he yeah. apologized. And I had a, um, I wanted, like what you said, I tested. I wanted a sales letter to try to get, one was guests or like sponsorships. Mm. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I told him what I needed. Here's some stats. Here's some stuff. I gave them to three different people, paid three different people to do it. One of them was like, you're the winner. And the other two, I was like, I see where they're coming yeah. from, 
And I think they probably executed it maybe how I wanted uh-huh. it, but like it just didn't fit for and, me. Yeah, yeah. And that So I was like, I can't really use it. I, I took like a paragraph and kind of wrote it a little uh-huh. bit differently and I kind of converted it. But like you're saying, like that's good that you're actually doing that and guess uh, you know, not guess, but potential clients can at least pay to see, you know, maybe I like Jill better than Steve. Right, yeah. right. And I think that's perfectly fair. And and you know, we tell our assistants and I tell clients, we're not gonna take offense. There are plenty of other fish in the sea. You know, we're not, our our <laughs> our biggest priority when it comes to matching clients with assistance is that match making a really good match and not everybody's going to be a match for everyone you know just like we were talking about earlier with our website copy I want that to turn some people on and turn some people off because I want the right person to come and work with me I don't want if someone thinks that that's like a weird phrase or doesn't think it's funny yeah too too serious like then there then you're not a right fit for us and there are other people that you can hire to be your virtual assistant you know we're not the only company out there so um it's important you know as people are thinking about whether or not they're going to hire somebody it's important for for them to be strict with themselves too like what do i value in an assistant what do i really want and again you can come back to the fast cheap quality thing but you can also come to their personality and their communication style and you can pick you know there are there probably hundreds of thousands of virtual assistants in the world so it's not like it's not like it's hard to find somebody but Mm -hmm. but it is hard to find somebody who's right for you so spending the time but spending the time and energy on it is worth it and there's a certain level that a doctor wants their videos or their blog posts to be at, they can still be funny. They can still be, they got, but you can't just have a poor article. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're like, hey, poor article. You might have poor treatment or you may not have done really well in school mm-hmm. or whatever. And so you just, you got to be polished a little yeah. bit. And yeah. Okay. And like we said before, you don't know if somebody's going to be polished until you try or, or yep. if you see their past, yep. their past work. I guess two questions here. Uh, switching gears a little bit. I'm curious on your side of the business. You're doing a podcast. Obviously that's marketing. What's another thing that you've noticed as working in your business to capture new clients? The thing that people are seemingly most afraid of in when they hear virtual assistant is that it's like a robot. So <laughs> if I can be out there, you know, speaking, um, going to networking events, being on podcasts, when they see me and hear my voice, I think that puts a real person behind it. And they say, oh, it's not... It's not Siri, you know, it's not Alexa, it's a, it's a human being. And, and this is somebody that if I get to know them, or I test them, or I get referrals or whatever, it's someone I can trust. The biggest hurdle that we see with our clients is that they've been doing everything themselves for so long. It's really hard for them to let go. It's like more of a psychological thing. So that's why that sort of in-person kind of, or at least like video and audio can is has really been helpful for me. Um, the other things are, you know, writing for other people's blogs. That's that's kind of secondary. I mean, those work well because people see your name, and if they don't like to watch it's videos, or listen, yeah, 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 definitely evergreen. We need a new word for that. I'm so tired <laughs> <know>. of that <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but for me, you know, that because people are so nervous about the virtual aspect of it being out there and showing people like, hey, and not just me, but I try to encourage my team to to do stuff too, right? For our blog, but also if they want to write for other people's blogs or they want to go to local events and talk about what they do. I mean, we we're lucky that we get so many people from our team bringing in 
other assistants. That means that they've been talking about it and they, or even clients too. And we provide referral fees. You know, if you bring in an assistant to us, we give you 10% of their, of their retainer fee. And that's because we, we want good people stick together, right? (laughs) So we want people who are going to bring in other good people. And, you know, if we can all work together, that's great. Okay. It seems like in your field, the turnover rate, because we're already freelancers. I've got a client list. I've been doing this a while. I've been freelancing on top of your freelancing. (laughs) You know, I work with you, but I've been freelancing on the side. And like, it seems like turnover could be killer Mm. in your profession. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if it is, and if it's not great, how do you combat that situation? Yeah. um, For us, I think we've We've thought about that a lot and we've prioritized creating a culture and creating an environment that people want to stay. Uh, that doesn't mean that people don't leave. They certainly do, but I think it's also making the matches. So, so once somebody starts working with us and once an assistant starts working with us, it's my job and my colleague Jen's job for, to find clients for them that they're going to love because our Mm -hmm. goal is to not be in the day-to-day with them forever. We help them get set up. We work with them for three months usually, but then they kind of go off and it's just them and the client. And if they need us, if they need support and resources, they can, you know, we're always there for them, but we want them to feel comfortable with their clients. So we try to make those really good matches and we try to pick clients that, you know, we're very particular about what assistance we bring in and what clients we bring in, because, you know, like we talked about before, that's, that's the match. And that's the people that we want to work with. We want to be happy. You know, it's work. It's definitely work at the end of the day, but we want to be happy with the work that we're doing. So I think that really helps when people are doing work that they like for people that they like, they're less likely to leave. It's not work. Yeah. Or at least if it is, that's the you know, ideal situation in life. Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting paid and, you know, they're able to live the, you know, the independent life that they love. That's what it's about. So you know, we've had people working with us, both clients and assistants for three, four, five, six, seven years. Um, sometimes okay. their situations change. I can think of one off the top of my head that I am very sad that she, she's always been an actor and a, and a director. And when she started with us, she was kind of new, but now her acting has really taken off. And, and so she's cut back on her work that she's done. She still works with us, but in a lower capacity. And it's like, I can't be upset about it. I'm upset because I miss her and she's really good, but I'm so happy for her that her passion, you know, has come to fruition and she's able to make her living doing what she always wanted to do. So that does happen. But, but what we focus on is creating SOPs, you know, making sure that there's written process documents that anybody could follow if and when the assistant leaves for whatever reason, if it's just a, a, a family emergency and they're out for a few days or they're out or they have a baby and they're out for a few months or if they leave altogether, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we have the things in place so that it's not going to feel like reinventing the wheel if we have to assign another assistant. And I talk to clients about that even on the very first call. I tell them like this is something that we include these, you know, these process documents because Or if you want to leave, if you're the client and you're like, I don't want to work with you anymore, you can have those process documents and you can give them to a new assistant. We want it to be easy and seamless for you. It's just another way that we try to make it, you know, (laughs) less scary for our clients and for our team um, is having those those documentation items and making sure that everyone understands the client preferences too. like we'll 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 create a document that that the client can see. But it's things like 
sends a lot of emails in the morning. <laughs> um, you know, ah, works yeah. works pretty standard nine to five or always works on the weekends or, you know, just little things like that. Those kind of preferences are are important to us in understanding how best to work with our clients. But it's also important, again, if we ever have to assign a new assistant or if the client wants to go off and find somebody else. So those are ways that we keep, yeah, we try to keep people. And here's what I've pulled from what you're saying, because I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, how does this work for, for the doctor? Because if they made it this far in the interview, this is like, this is what I tell people, listen to the whole interview. You need to have a procedure, a checklist. <laughs> you try, you throw away the trash, you vacuum, you make sure the, the magazines are correctly. When you do insurance, it's A, B, and C, and D. And if you don't have these, when old Susie leaves, oh my goodness, now you don't know what to do. You haven't been doing billing for the last two years. And then that's no good. Right. Or they hold you hostage and like, I need $20 an hour. And you're like, right. no, I can't do that. And then also I heard, you know, if you're hiring doctors, sometimes you're like, I need you to take a couple of different seminars mm -hmm. and you're training them mm -hmm. and you're investing in them. Eh, six months. They're like, cool. This is great. I got some free training and I'm done with you. My contract ended. I'm out the yeah. door. And that's horrible yeah. too. Yeah. So I think if we listen to what you said, rewind it a little bit with that kind of mindset, it's like, okay, I know what she's talking about. I'm not doing it or here's how I can do it better. Yeah. Or potentially give you guys a call and be like, hey, this is what I'm trying to figure right. out. How to help with that. Yeah. I mean, think of it. It's definitely an investment, but think of it as especially with things like trainings and, you know, if there are things that you need to teach to somebody, make it repeatable, you know, do the work of, you know, record a, a video of yourself going through the process, but don't just think of it as you're giving it to your assistant, you're giving, you're potentially giving it to every future assistant. So you have to do the work once, but then hopefully you don't have to do it again if you get a new assistant. Yeah. So it's not, so it's not a wasted effort. Um, even if the person leaves. So if you think of it that way as the investment in your time, of course, but also in the future hours that yeah. you'll save when you have to give this work to somebody else, then it, it'll be worthwhile and you don't need to get upset about it. Because <laughs> I tell you what, I was when I sell in my clinic, I was keeping it a secret for a long time because you're not supposed to tell your staff because they might get nervous and uh, leave and you're uh, like, no. Uh-huh. So eventually she figured it out, like Google, you know, <laughs> she typed something and it popped up and she's like, Hey, can I have a conversation with you? I was like, uh, sure. She's like, Hey, this is what's going on. I was like, Oh no, oh, <laughs> she found out. Yeah. But it was actually great because she's like, Hey, Justin, we need to definitely set this up. Cause like, if I leave, if you leave or whatever you're leaving, you need to know how to do mm -hmm, this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was one of the catalysts cause it took a while to sell the clinic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was great. Cause I still used it when I own, opened up my own a couple of years later. I was like, Oh, yeah. I still like this program, and now I know how to do it again. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I didn't have to call her. And yeah, like, hey. yeah. That's great. So, save it. Back it up five different ways. Right. Um, I know we only a little bit of time left in the interview. I'd love to do a little bit of personal side. You, you just got married a year ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Two things. First one is you got this big company now. How are you able to take vacation? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny. I have this book right here. Um, it's called Clockwork. <laughs> a lot of my clients have been reading it and they recommend it. In fact, um, Donald Miller, uh, story brand guy, has a testimonial on the back. This and he's back again. Yeah, he's back again. Um, and I, I wrote a book last year about called Panic Proof, and it has some similar ideas in it. The The tagline of this book is called Design Your Business to Run Itself. I, I haven't quite done that, but actually the wedding – last year was a good impetus for me to put systems into place and and make sure my team felt comfortable implementing those without me. Um, there are there's a difference between 
deciding and delegating. So you might decide Mm. that you want somebody to do something for you and you might tell them that you want them to do that for you. But true delegation is giving them the power to own that. So they may not do it the same way you do it. They may not do it as well as you at first. But if you're conditioning them to always be asking you for feedback and always be asking you questions, you're not really delegating. You're deciding, but mm-hmm. then you're spending all your time managing them. And that's kind of where I was. I'm definitely kind of a control freak. Um, and I like things done a certain way. But I realized that's not sustainable. And I was making myself crazy. Uh, so it's a lot of text messages and emails. Yeah, and late at night and on the weekends and on all the times that I was trying to relax. So I've definitely put a lot of boundaries on my schedule. I've had to just used I actually use tools now because I do still do work on the weekends and I do work at night. But I use like boomerang for example for gmail where you can schedule the email for the next day so even if i'm sending the email on saturday it's not going to land in their inbox until monday so that teaches my clients that i'm not technically you know they think i'm not working on the weekend even if i am Uh, so i've used tools like that to sort of set expectations around my time for my clients and my assistants Um, that's been really great because I just have this feeling like if somebody needs me, I have to be available for them, you know, and it's like, no, you don't, you can live your life. So that kind of stuff has helped, you know, being away, I was out for three, three or four weeks for my wedding and my honeymoon. So I just, you know, I, I said, you guys got to figure it out. You know, you guys got to do this. And it was, it was a lot of work up front. And, and this book actually gives you a, a process to follow so that you can take a month off. You can take a full four weeks off. That's the goal. By the end of this book, you should be able to take a full four weeks off of your business and have it still run without you. Um, I've never Mm. really done that. I mean, even on my honeymoon, I was checking email. It was more peace of mind for me. I wasn't responding, but I was just kind of like getting things out of my inbox because I didn't want to come back to a a full plate. One of the things I was reading about, actually, I think it was last year I read about it in Germany, when you take a vacation, a certain company in Germany, I don't know if it's like a, a policy or what, but they delete. So when you come back, like on Monday or whatever, all the emails from when you were gone get deleted. Ooh. So you come back to an empty inbox. What? Well, because they don't want you to feel stressed out. Right. And so they feel like, well, if somebody needs you, they're going to email you when you get back instead of like, you know, leaving things in your inbox while you're gone and feeling like you have double work. Cause that's why a lot of Americans don't take yeah. vacation because they feel like they can't, they can't take the time off and then not have to do the work. But if you create right. systems and if you're designing processes where somebody else can take them and run with them, then you should be able to, I mean, I'm not trying to take vacations all the time, but I am trying to do a four day work week. So what's going to yeah. happen on Friday or Monday? Like, can people handle the stuff without me? Um, we're, we're, we're getting close. I mean, I'm almost there with my business. Um, I think what I bring to the table now is more in the way of, um, you know, spiritual guidance and like, cause I'm not so day to day in the, in the work anymore, but you know, making those matches, making big, important business decisions, deciding when we're going to invest in creating new products and services for our clients, those kind of things. I don't need to be there every day to do. Um, and one day I hope, you know, that my team feels confident and comfortable enough to say, well, what would Jess do? You know, if we're stuck, what would Jess do in this situation? And 
if I'm not there and be able to still make a good decision without me because we all bring something unique to the table, right? And we feel like we, we're important and that the, our business needs us, but maybe they don't all the time. And you don't need to right. let your ego get in the way of that. You know, you can take some time off and things will be fine. And for me, you know, my, my team, I think last year actually was around this time I took a vacation, like a truly unplugged vacation for the first time because I was kind of testing it to see if it mm-hmm. could work. And I, I literally gave my team my husband's phone number if they needed me because I was like, I'm not going to I'm going to do this. I'm not going to check my phone. I'm going to lock it up in the safe in the hotel room. And they were like, yes, this is great because they wanted me to do it. You know, they they can yeah, yeah. see that. If I'm tired or if I'm overwhelmed, I don't function as as well as a leader. And that's, you know, that's what you have to think about too is is what am I sacrificing by being available all the time? You can't just mm. plow ahead forever. You do need time to rest and recover. And so um I tried it and it was it, it actually it was only 4 days, <laughs> but it went really <laughs> well and I was really impressed with my team and I, that that helped me build confidence that I could take more time off next time. That's perfect. You know, we had guests. I can't remember if it was the uh, doctor, the woman doctor series or the psychology series, but um, multiple guests have said, when I take a week off, I can still, they just, they just like, I give myself permission to check emails or whatever for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. And that way I don't feel like and to I freak don't out. Feel free. I do that too. I'm stressed yeah. out the whole time. So I was like, that's a really cool little trick. Um, and then what you're talking about, I love it. So that's, that's fantastic. Okay. Hopefully newlyweds can have a, a different view than someone who's been married for 20 years. So <laughs> how are you able to keep the love alive with people that work and just all the day-to-day stuff that happens in life? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I'm pregnant now. So um, that's whoop, whoop. really fun. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to, to look forward to. I think, you know, have, growing another human has been really a humbling experience. And yeah, it's just been it's been really interesting because I've never, especially like in the first trimester, I felt terrible. And I I felt, oh. you know, I'm very um, active. Like I work out almost every day. I work really hard. The first trimester, I could barely do anything. So <laughs> it was like, Where's the toilet? <laughs> I know. And I, I felt I was like kind of beating myself up, you know, and but I just kept have kept reminding myself, like, you're growing a human, you're at least doing something, you know. (laughs) Um, And that's been that's been a great feeling of just, you know, every day, even if I even if I don't finish my to do list, I am I'm growing a human and I'm eating healthy and I'm doing the things I need to do to make sure that my baby is is safe and healthy. And so I think, you know, just that experience for our marriage has been really fun and great, too, because we're like, talking about it all the time. And we're, you know, thinking about what the next part of our life is going to be. But that's but in general, you know, that's something actually being with my husband has helped me (laughs) separate my work from my life because I would work all the time when I was single. Oh, my gosh, I I would work till midnight sometimes. And then, you know, maybe why not? not? Yeah, nothing else to do. And he's been like, you know, can you not check your phone while we're at dinner? <laughs> Can you not take client calls while we're on vacation? You know, he's kind of helped me put boundaries around my time. He's a teacher. So usually okay, when, I was about, I was yeah, when he gets home or when he's on vacation, he's done. Like he he doesn't have to be checking in all the time. I mean, I will say. Well, congratulations, teacher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say that <laughs> more with, with all the technology now, 
they they do seem to be working more than they used to all the teachers because the parents will email them and call them you know that didn't used to happen even just in the seven or eight years that I've been with my husband he hasn't had that level of needing to be checking that he does now so I I don't wow. I don't necessarily think that's a good thing but <laughs> that's another story but he's yeah, your kid should have translated what needed to be done that yeah. Don't be calling me. Right, right, right. Or, you know, save it for the, the meeting time, you know, that we've scheduled for Friday. So so that's been that's been really great. I think just having somebody hold you accountable, whether it's a partner or a coach or a colleague, you know, helping you uh, be mindful of your time, be intentional with your time. I think the problem that I face as a business owner is I'm like, I can work whenever and wherever. And so I do. And that's not good. You need to have you need to have constraints on your time because otherwise you'll just get lost in projects that aren't that important and you'll say, "Oh, I can do it later." Or, you know, if you don't have deadlines or you don't have anybody else putting demands on your time, then you're just kind of lost. So, so saying, you know, now I try to get up and do things early. I was always a night owl and my husband's like the opposite. So <laughs> I try to get things done earlier and be done earlier because he get when he gets home at four, you know, between four and five, I want to be done so that I can spend my evenings with him. And we've really had to say and commit to like no screens for the first couple hours when, you know, maybe we watch a show or something later, but you know, saving 20 minutes of our day to just talk to each other and check in with each other. That's kind of, I mean, to, to answer your question, that, that kind of sounds like, like that's the nugget to pull. We from. don't want to make it feel like a tour. Yeah. It, we, you know, I was like, when he first said, Oh, we should talk like for 15 or 20 minutes a day. I was like, I don't want another to do item on my list. Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but if we just say, you know, we're going to cook together, we love to cook together, you know, and that time in the kitchen playing music and, chopping things, you know, that's a yeah, fun, it's fun. Way to feel closer. And, um, you know, there are a lot of things we're very different. We don't really like to do a lot of the same things, but we say, you know, I'm going to, you know, this weekend we're going to do the thing that you want to do. And next week we're going to do the thing you want to, you know, trying to, it's great having your own thing. Yeah. 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 Wife and I the same way, man, <laughs> it works. It works well though. Yeah. I mean, we're the same where we cook. We got our own hobbies that we like to do. We support each other in that kind of thing, you know, and it, it really works well. And I mean, I was the person, she was started doing this little side business, always on the phone because that's where all the sales were coming through. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As you know, I, could, I was relating to, I was like, I'm like, can we, can we have like right. a, you know. <laughs> can you take, dis time disconnect your phone from your ear for five minutes? Yeah, yeah. I know that yeah. was me. But honestly, I mean, the phone thing has been huge. I've just by systematizing and putting processes in place, I don't have to be on the phone as much as I used to or See be that? checking that on things as much because I'm just it's just like a it's 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 a system it's there are tasks you check them off you you also try to you know I try to teach my team to anticipate potential needs don't let the client be coming to you saying where is this if you're gonna Oof. be you know on time or try to be early <laughs> try to be or at least give a give a heads up you know I'm planning on sending this to you by the end of the day great then the client yeah. doesn't have to come to me and say where is this you know, just being open about that in the communication is so important. Love it. Love it. Last question. You ready? I'm ready. You mentioned a book, but that's just a book. Any favorite books, blogs, or podcasts that you secretly love and think that we should definitely check out? Oh, man. There's so many. So 
from a business perspective, uh, one of the books that I just finished that I'm that I loved and would definitely recommend is called The One Thing. Um, it's by Gary Keller, who is the Keller yeah. of Keller Williams. It came out a few years ago, but somehow it it I never heard. It. I usually hear about books a lot from you know my colleagues and things, and I never heard of it. It's a great way. It kind of it kind of, there are other books that I've read that have um, elements of this book. But if you just read this book, and it's not that long, you can pull in the other books. So it's kind of a nice. Yeah, yeah, um, I love those. Yeah, it's a nice one to to look at if you're it, the ba- the main premise is that you should only have one priority in your life, and or w- at least mm. one at a time. Um, yeah. And maybe you have one for your business, you have one for your personal life, you have one for your spiritual life, one for your health. Um, but you are working toward every decision you make is working towards that one thing. And if you can get clear on that, and if you can be disciplined with yourself and working toward those things, you can live, you can live a, a, a happy life. And that's something that, you know, a lot of us are looking for. So it's a business book, but it's kind of also sort of a, a you know, a life advice <laughs> kind of book. Yeah. I try to, when I'm listening to podcasts and then I'm always reading, I'm usually always reading three books at a time. I'm listening to one on Audible, which is usually yep. like a memoir. Right now I'm listening to Trevor Noah's book. Um, I just oh, finished. He's, so, he's funny. so funny. And the book is really good. He re- he narrates it. I'd also just finished Michelle Obama's book and she narrates it. So I like to do that with mm. memoirs. Um, and then I'm usually reading some kind of fiction book. You know, I like, I like historical fiction. I like, um, you know, sometimes some chiclet kind of stuff, but, um, just some kind of fiction where I can get my brain, like that's a way for me to separate <laughs> work. Uh, so having a fiction book and then I'm always reading a business book as well. And right now it's clockwork. We do a book club at don't panic. Um, it's sort of a virtual book club where we all read. It's not required, of course, but it's optional. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. We all read a business book and then we talk about it. And it's usually, you know, if we do it during the day, it's like over lunch hour. Sometimes we do it in the evening and it's like, you know, have a glass of wine and, you know, have fun talking about the, the concepts. And uh, so. No, that's good. That's, that's the hard part. Like it's I, I read, I've read so many books where I'm like, ah, I don't know if there's that many that I'm, I would say changed my mm-hmm. life per se. Mm-hmm. Because after like like relationship books, mm-hmm. you read a few relationship books, all of a sudden are like building rapport. Mm-hmm. They start to start blending and they right. just put their own spin on right. it. That's and so it's like, well, I guess if you had to start, maybe try this one. But yeah. You know, well, and I will whatever. say, you know, if if I have to plug my own book, because if you're interested in in hiring a virtual assistant, my book talks about all the ways, you know, it talks about the things that we talked about today, but just also gives you kind of a step by step framework of what to look for, you know, how to do a test project, how to do an interview. It, it kind of gives you um, more in depth. And what's that book title? One more time? <laughs> it's called Panic Proof. How the right virtual assistant can save your sanity and grow your business. Is that on like Amazon and yep, stuff? Yep, yep. Okay. And lastly, dun, 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 how can people get more information about everything that Jess and Don't Panic has to offer? Well, our website is don'tpanicmanagement.com. 
and we have lots of blog resources. You know, if you're like, how do I get started delegating or how do I use a virtual assistant to write my content or produce my podcast? There are blogs uh, about all of that. There's also more information about us and our assistants and how we work. There's a really comprehensive FAQ page that I yes, um, there is. <laughs> I sometimes send it to people. A, and, a labor of yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes send it to people and I sometimes don't because I don't want them to get overwhelmed. But but that's something that uh, is, is useful for people. I also have, if you're not sure, you know, a lot of people go into this these conversations with me and they're like, I know I need help, but I don't know what I need help with. I have an exercise called the life audit, which I talk about in my book, but it's also on my panic proof website. So if you go to panicproofbook.com, you can download the life audit worksheet and just go through that. And um, we can also facilitate time with you to talk through it and to work on, you know, the operational side of what you could potentially automate and delegate if you're interested. So there's a lot there. I am in, I'm still kind of in the process of changing my name. So some of my social media is Jess Ostroff and some of it is Jess Tyson or don't, I've been kind of changing to don't panic Jess because there's actually a Jessica Tyson who is a beauty queen in um, Australia or New Zealand or something. So I'm trying to figure out. It's a good association. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. You know, my wife there, she's Chinese and they don't change their last name. And, you know, pretty much everybody in my family has daughters now. And I'm like, man, my name's about to disappear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, can I teach these girls to say, hey, you don't have to change your last name. <laughs> you earned it, darn it. And I was like, it seems like it's so much work for you. It is a lot of like, work. No. It is a lot of work. But I'm glad to have an easier. Ostroff was, it's unique, but it's not as easy as Tyson. So, you know, it's been just easier to even scheduling appointments on the phone. They're like, Tyson. Okay. Whereas Ostroff, I'd always have to spell it. You know, it's definitely a little Trust me, easier. So that's nice. We had a Facebook thread going just recently about, you know, should we just say Dr. Justin? Should it be Dr. Last mm, name? Yeah. You know, what should we say? And, you know, everybody had an opinion. Yeah. And most of us who had crazy last names were like, it's Dr. Justin. Occasionally they'll say Dr. J and I just let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how everyone has a different preference on that. And some people get so upset, you know, when their name is is pronounced wrong and and you know for, i just whatever you want to call me i don't really care yeah. <laughs> anyway that, i agree yeah. i agree we'll figure it out great all right thank you so much for coming on today i i learned a lot today and had some fun as well great. and i'm pretty sure the listeners are going to do the same so please visit her website and request information sign up for newsletters and uh, see see what how she can help yeah thank you That wraps up another episode. If you can, send me a review. That's .NET slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring for those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. 
also monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things of learn in China. You know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the no needle acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one, like I've done a knee. And depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. You've got the Primal Paleo Grass-Fed Protein Bone Broth Style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor Box, get taught by the author. we got Set for Set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, that's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>